Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know, as a pastor doing funerals and you know, I've never never met a family who said, oh, I'm so sad. My dearly departed loved one is in hell right now. That has never happened. They do say, though, oh, I know they're in a better place. I know they're in heaven. You know, the Bible teaches just like there's a real heaven, you guys, there's also a real hell. There's a real hell. Isaiah and Ezekiel, they tell us that hell is a pit and hell is down beneath the earth. And then Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, look it up in your own time. Hell is in the heart of the earth. Jesus said, hell is in the heart of the earth. Now, I find this fascinating. Scientists are now discovering something that Jesus said 2,000 years ago. Scientists are now saying that our earth is a ball and has a core that is hollow. And that hollow ball is full of flames, they say, fire and brimstone, molten lava in the center of the earth. They say, scientists say, that the temperatures are so hot that they can't even record them. They say this hollow ball is approximately 11 to 16 feet below sea level or below the surface of the sea. 11 to 16 miles, pardon me, from the ocean floor. And every time they measure, they say, the hollow ball in the center of the earth, they say, get this, it grows larger and larger and larger. That blows me away. Why? Because Isaiah chapter 5, verse 14 reads this, therefore Sheol has enlarged itself and opened its mouth beyond measure. Isaiah told us that hell enlarges itself. In other words, there is a construction project constantly going on in hell. 85 to 100,000 people a day die on this planet. 85 to 100,000 people die on the planet every day. And most of those people go to hell. Isn't that sad? And and because of that, hell is enlarging itself. Now, there are some people who say, how could a loving God send people to hell? Listen, a loving God does not send people to hell. A loving God has never decided, never deemed people to go to hell. Hell was created, this place, Sheol, was created for the devil and his demons and his angels, not for people. A loving God sent Jesus Christ, listen, 
A loving God sent Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross so that people would escape hell. Amen? That's what Jesus did. He doesn't want people to go to hell. He hasn't created hell for people. He wants people to be in heaven. How could a loving God send people to hell? He doesn't. He never has. He sent his son that people might escape hell. The Bible teaches hell is a real place. Now, during the tribulation, the key to the abyss, notice, is given to Satan. And he has freedom like he has never had before. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that Satan rules hell. Satan is a victim in hell. Satan never has ruled anything, to tell you the truth. He's a victim in hell. He's not the ruler. Remember, the Lord has given him the key. And he can only use that key when the Lord tells him to. And then he can only use it for as long as the Lord tells him to. Five months. Oh, Satan's not in control here. So he takes the key. He unlocks the pit. Smoke comes out. And the sun and the air were darkened and people can hardly breathe. It's a very eerie scene. And notice when the smoke comes forward, a horde is unleashed. Our third point. Notice in verse 3 with me again in your Bibles. I want to read it again. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth. And to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing, only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. Now notice that the pit opens, the smoke comes out. But when it comes out, the smoke comes out, these Creatures that are scary, they come forward out of the smoke and they terrorize man. God allows demonic hordes previously imprisoned to come to the earth like a swarm of destructive locusts. These locusts are a visual representation of an army of demons. Now in the Bible, if you're taking notes, 22 times in the Bible from Exodus to Malachi, locusts are seen. And they're always used for judgment. And they travel in masses and create mass destruction. Now, I want you to notice something here. These locusts are not normal locusts because normal locusts, they eat grass. Normal locusts, they eat green. They eat vegetation. Normal locusts eat the earth. But these locusts, notice, they are instructed not to eat the grass or anything green, but these locusts feast on people. They feast on all those who don't have the seal of God. Chapter 7, 144,000 Jewish believers are sealed by God. And all of those people who become Christians during the tribulation period are sealed by God. These locusts are instructed to strike those who do not have the seal. All of those who are Christ-rejecting can be stung by these scorpions. Oh no, these are not natural. These are not natural locusts. 
Absolutely not. Notice also again in verse 11, notice it says that they have a king. You see that? Now, Proverbs 30, verse 27, clearly tells us locusts have no king. Like bees have a king and a queen. Locusts have no king. Solomon tells us that. So these locusts, they don't have, they have a king. These demon locusts do. And notice their appearance in verse 7 through 10. I want you to notice the description. Very interesting. Their shape was like horses prepared for battle. This speaks of their power and defiance. Demons are like racehorses, bred to run, filled with energy for destruction. Notice their faces were like the face of men. This speaks of their intelligence. They are able to differentiate between believers and non-believers. Notice, sting only those who don't have the seal. You know, it's amazing. People, they believe in spirit guides. They believe in angels, but they don't believe in demons. I've had someone tell me, Rodney, come on, man, demons get real. You got to be kidding me. Listen, the Bible teaches demons are real. In a nationwide survey, telephone survey, a thousand seven people were asked, did they think that the devil was a living being or just a symbol of evil? 62% said they felt like Satan was just a symbol of evil. 30% believed that Satan was a living being and 8% had no opinion. Another poll was done. People were asked whether they thought hell existed as an actual location or a place of physical torment. Only 31% thought hell was an actual place of torment. 31% thought hell was an actual place of torment. Listen, during the tribulation, 100% of the people will believe in a literal devil. Amen? They will. A hundred percent of the people will believe in a literal hell. Notice their description. These locusts, they had hair that was like a woman's hair, long. This speaks of their seductiveness. Demons rarely show up as demons. They are seductive and seducing spirits. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. It speaks of their ability to devour and to tear apart. It's reported, I heard of couple days ago that uh, lion's teeth carry tremendous amounts of infection. And so if someone is bit during this tribulation period, the infection will just spread. It won't heal at all. They have a breastplate of iron. Notice that, which speaks of their indestructibility. And the sound of their wings were like many chariots. This speaks of their ability to travel at very high speeds, and they cannot be escaped. They pursue. And notice they have tails like scorpions. This speaks of the kind of torment that they can inflict. They have one agenda and one agenda only, and that is to hurt. Now, you may or may not know this. The natural lifespan of a locust is five months. From May to September, five months. Most scorpions are not deadly unless 
they sting small children. But for adults, scorpions are not deadly. What they do, though, when their venom enters your body, it goes to your central nervous system. And many people have reported that when they have been bit by scorpions, get this, they feel like they're burning with fire on the inside. They foam at the mouth and gnash their teeth. Very interesting. So these locusts, notice the length of time for judgment is five months. And the effects of these scorpion stings, they don't kill, they torment. They don't kill. You might wish you were dead, but they will make you go crazy. Now imagine, if you will, what it would be like if every prison around the country, the major prisons, you know, San Quentin and your large prisons with people who have done unspeakable crimes, were opened and these guys like Ramirez and Manson and all of these other sick wackos were able to go free into the community and commit any kind of crime they want without punishment. Imagine what our world would be like. It'd be awful. Well, that's child's play compared to what will happen when there's this massive demon break from the abyss. During the tribulation period, a star is unfixed, a pit is unlocked, and a horde is unleashed, and finally, a world is unnerved. Read it with me again in verse 6. If you're there, say amen. In those days, men will seek death, get this, and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. Notice that the events are so scary. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, but death will flee from them. Death goes on a holiday. Death will offer no escape. People will seek different ways. Are you guys getting this? People will seek different ways of suicide and not be able to die. People will take a bullet and try to blow their heads off. And they won't be able to die. I mean, it really is real Steven Spielberg-like, where people might be walking around with half their heads, with, 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 with trying to commit suicide. They try to cut themselves or kill themselves or stab themselves. And the Bible says that death will flee them. Now, we think death is the worst thing. We think, oh, death, that's the worst that could happen. Well, during the tribulation, people will want to die, and they will not be able to die. Power is given to the demons, and a world is unnerved. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. Man, that was bad news. Wasn't that bad news? Say amen. That was bad news. Bad news. If you're not a Christian, this is bad news. Now, if you are a Christian, you're going to be in heaven. So the good news is you will escape these things. But best of all, God is still in control, even through all of this. God is in control. You know, the tendency to read the book of Revelation is to think that, man, how could things get any worse? I mean, things are awful. I mean, where's God at in all of this? Listen, God is still in control. God is always in control. Amen? God's always in control. He is never not in control. He's behind the scenes orchestrating the whole event, not Satan. 
You see, we tend to think that, look at this and think the devil's in control. Satan's not in control. God is in control. Satan is being controlled by God. Remember, it is God who handed him the key and it is God who allows him to use the key. And it is God who allows him to use that key for a short period of time, for five months. And at the end of five months, it is God who will say enough. So God is in control, not Satan. Satan is never in control, and especially in the lives of Christians. Now, I want to just take the last couple of minutes here with you to talk about and get a proper perspective on Satan, on the devil. Because there's an idea, there's a thought in the church that people believe that various things about Satan. For example, I've heard people say, Satan is the opposite of God. Have you heard that? Satan is the opposite of God. Listen, Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan isn't even close. He isn't even close. He's not the opposite of God. God is a creator. God created Satan. God created Satan and his demons. Satan has never created anything but a lie. So Satan is not the opposite of God. God is omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. Satan isn't all-powerful, and Satan isn't all-knowing. Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan can only do what God allows him to do, and when God allows him to do it. Now, here's another thing we need to correct, I think, in the church today. There's a whole lot of talk about Christians who can be possessed by demons. As a matter of fact, I think it was several months ago on 2020, they would air something as ridiculous as this gentleman who claimed to be a Christian and he claimed to be possessed with a demon. And they had a exorcism right there on 2020. And many, many people believe that Christians can be possessed by demons. Listen, the Bible from cover to cover does not teach that Christians can be possessed by the devil. Christians cannot be possessed by the devil. Why? Because if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, the Holy Spirit possesses you, then Satan and the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in the same temple. How can Christ and the devil be in the same temple, light and darkness, water and oil? They don't mix. So Christians cannot be possessed by Satan. There, I was reading an article just a couple of days ago, and this one gentleman was talking about demons must be evicted from every part of a person's body or from certain parts of an individual's body. People are writing books and tape series on, you know, deliverance. You've heard a lot about that. And on the bondage breaker and things of that nature. Now, if you enjoy this kind of reading, that's one thing. But understand something. The Bible does not teach that you, a Christian can be possessed by a demon. Absolutely not. If you have the Holy Spirit of God, then Satan has no room in your life. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? And Jesus 
work on Calvary's cross was sufficient for any deliverance. Jesus has complete control over the devil. If there's sin in your life, that is one thing to deal with. Yes, Satan can oppress a Christian. Satan can even cause you to be depressed. I might even give you that. Yeah, he'll mess with your mind and tell you things and put things in your mind and cause you to, to think certain things. And that's, that's, that's oppression and maybe even depression. But never, never, not from cover to cover, have we ever found any example in the Bible of a Christian being possessed by a demon. And Jesus isn't afraid of demons. Demons are afraid of Jesus. I love that. Demons are afraid of Jesus. The story is found in Luke chapter 8. It's a great story. You ought to go read it and look it up in your own time. Jesus shows up in this area of, of Gadara, the town of Gadara. And Jesus met a certain man who had a legion of demons. He had thousands of demons. And this man came up to Jesus, and the demons began to speak to Jesus. It's a great story. Demons began to speak to Jesus. And they said, what have we to do with thee, O son of man, son of the most high God? Even demons know who Jesus is, and they submit to him. What do we have to do with thee, O son of the most high God? We beg you, plead with you, don't cast us out, don't torment us. And there was a herd of pigs nearby swine. And they said, cast us into that herd of pigs. Cast us into the herd of swine. And Jesus cast the demons out of the man into the pigs, which we have the first mention of deviled ham. <laughs> Lighten things up a little bit. And the pigs ran over the cliff into the Sea of Galilee. You see, Jesus isn't afraid of demons. Demons are afraid of Jesus because they know that their appointed place is hell. Do you know that Jesus, now I know that this is not one of those uplifting sermons. This is not one of those sermons that make you go, oh, that was so beautiful. That was so wonderful. Oh, this is great. Talking about hell. Who preaches about hell nowadays? No one. But you know what? Jesus preached about hell more than any other preacher in the Bible. Why? Why, you ask? Because Jesus has been there. There's another story in Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 16. Jesus descends to the lower parts, and there's the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You remember, Lazarus was poor, the rich man was rich, both of them died, and the rich man went into hell in torments, and Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. And there Jesus went and ministered to Lazarus. And the rich man was like, oh, send someone back to tell my brothers and tell my family that they don't want to come here. And Jesus said, hey, they have the prophets. Let them tell them. Let them believe them. You see, Jesus has been to hell. He created hell. He knows a lot about hell. He knows what it's like. And he also knows that he doesn't want you to go there. That's why he died for you. That's why he died for you. That's why his blood was shed for you. 
that you would not have to go there. Yes, I realize this is not one of those uplifting sermons, but I also have got to tell you as a pastor, as a preacher, as your friend, you need to be born again. And if you are not born again, the Bible says that hell awaits any person who will not give their lives to Jesus Christ. Any person who would lift themselves up in pride like Satan and say, I will, I will, I will. The Bible says when you take your last breath here on earth, hell awaits you. Oh, I'm not trying to offend you. I love you. I love you. And that's why I would tell you what the Bible says. That Jesus died for you, that you would escape these things. And then notice last, but certainly not least, verse 12, one woe is past, two more woes are coming after this. And this is bad. But there are two more to come after this. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.